Introducing Simply Light Lemonade. Can you hear that? That's the sweet sound of 75% less sugar and calories. We want to make sure you hear it's 75% less sugar and calories because it tastes so good. Let's talk about games for a second. Some teachers are using experience points to track performance instead of letter grades. Playing Tetris has been shown to reduce symptoms of PTSD. If you want to get engaged with movements in the gaming landscape, check out Plus 7 Intelligence, the podcast about how games impact people. You can subscribe to Plus 7 Intelligence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Season 2, available now. You are now entering the Podglomerate. Welcome to Writers You Don't Write. I'm Jeff. And I'm Kyle, and this is a very special 2017 recap edition of Writers Who Don't Write. I don't know if I'd call it special. We recorded an episode with a guest that I was really, really looking forward to, and in a very disappointing 2018 manner, the audio is just absolute trash, so we can't use it, and we're stuck doing this. So I hope that you guys are actually fans and care what we have to say, because we're going to talk a lot this episode. I think this one is special because um, if you're listening to it, this is almost exactly raw because I refuse to do any editing at this point. Yeah, we're going to do, I mean, we're going to mix it a little bit and everything and add some music, but you're basically listening. Just raw, raw raw talent and emotion. This is it. Is that what you mean? This is how the sausage is. You're looking at the casing, or I guess you're listening (laughs) to the case. This is what sausage casing sounds like. Ugh, ugh. All I can like do is think about you chewing at this point. So anyway, I uh, wrote down a bunch of categories that I think Kyle and I are going to talk about. Uh, one of them is best books that we read in 2017. One of them is best books that we're looking forward to in 2018, uh, or I guess books that we're looking forward to in 2018. Um, and then we also want to talk about you know, book to film adaptations and do a quick recap of a uh, various sampling of guests that we've had on the show in the last two years. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, and also, if we don't touch on something that you all want to hear about, shoot us an email at www.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we always love hearing from guests. And whenever we get one of those emails, we smile a little bit because, uh, you know, it actually happens more than a lot of people think, but less than some people probably imagine. So, <laughs> so Kyle, what were some of the books that you read in 2017 for or not for the show that you really enjoyed? Um, I mean, I don't want to, this seems like an area of touchiness because we've had so many guests in the last year. Um, so I just wanted to mention that these books that I talk about are just the ones that stick out. They're not necessarily the best. Uh, they just happen to have made an impression on my uh, terribly insufficient brain. Well, but the actually, ones that stick you, know, out, you know what we should do is we should do like a couple <laughs> books that were not guests on the show and then a couple books that were. Um, the, the, actually, the two that are in the forefront of my mind right now are two series that we did not talk about on the show. Or I guess I referenced them in a couple of episodes, but the first was the Thrawn t- trilogy from Timothy Zahn that I read once we started getting back into the Star Wars stuff because I just wanted to go back to that world. Um, and it's never not good. Everyone should read it. Uh, I think... 
I, I'm actually I'm, I'm shocked at how much I enjoyed those Star Wars books. I didn't think I was going to like it, but they were. Oh my god, they're so good. They were great, and I'm not even talking about Thrawn, just Star Wars in general. Uh, I think if you're a fan, then you should jump into it. I think that's one of the most surprising things about the new crop that we read for the show is how much I enjoyed them um, compared to how much I enjoyed the first ones when I read them when I was like 12. Because I I talked about it in that episode, but what I had grown up with uh, relevant to the Star Wars universe was mostly the Young Jedi Knight series and the novels by Timothy Zahn. Like the actual movies of Star Wars were the smallest part of my experience with that world. Um, and the books were by and large, my favorite. Like I remember reading Young Jedi Knights and trying to go out and build a a lightsaber with some shiny rocks I'd found in my backyard. Like Micah? It did not work. Yeah. yeah. No, well, Micah's oh, not clear. Weird. But you'd weird. Have. It didn't yeah. work? <laughs> you think you're, you're like laser sword. I wonder what it would take to make a laser powerful enough to actually cut something. Right. Well, you mentioned... Um, it you turns mentioned out it's probably two tri- more than the energy. I'm going to cut this huh? short. You, you mentioned two trilogies. What was the other one? The other one's not actually a trilogy. It's the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. You read all of those? Uh, I, you know what? I've read all of them, save the last 30 pages of the final book, because I just don't want it to be done. Wow. There are like 11 of those, aren't there? Uh, there are eight or nine. Uh, well, there's a lot. That's that's impressive. Yes. And yeah. it's. I was actually super disappointed, because I really wanted to see the film with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, but... Uh, it got such a bad Rotten Tomato score that I haven't bothered yet. Have you seen it? Well, I haven't. And that's what started this whole thing is I was talking to my brother about it and we both wanted to see the movie, but neither of us had read the book. So we went and read it. And within the first probably 15 pages of the first book, I was hooked. I'd forgotten that I started reading it for the movie and just powered through the next four, I think maybe over a vacation weekend. Hmm. Um, But the movie is apparently terrible and you shouldn't see it. I guess they tried to condense a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. I will probably try and see it anyway, but uh, it's good to know. Now I can use you as my Stephen King sage. I, you know, this was the first time I had read Stephen King ever. Yeah, I had never read a Stephen King book except for his book uh, on writing. Yeah, he. I mean, he's great for a reason. He said something like, "I don't even know what the updated number is because I haven't looked it up for a few years." But it was like at the time, it was like fifty-eight of his books had hit number one New York Times. Like starting with the first one, which is the craziest part. Well, he's not just great. He's incredible. Like there's a difference. I feel like a lot of times when people recommend books by authors that they really like, you read it and you see why the attraction is there. Uh, But it doesn't strike you. I don't even, it's not something that you are thinking about while you're at work and you just want to go home and read a book. Like Stephen King is that for me, that style and the way he writes is just, it's the sort of book I think about, I guess, while I'm at work or doing other things that I just want to be reading. Yeah, he's had a couple books that, uh, I, I'm not actually a, a big reader of him of his, but he grew up, you know, half a mile or half an hour from where I, he lives half an hour from where I grew up and mm. his son lives like right down the street from where I grew up. So I've met his son a million times and the whole family, all five of them are novelists. They're all, you know, really popular and, you know, incredible what they do. Even his kids are all best-selling novelists. So, I mean, good on him. Whatever he did, whatever's in the water up in Maine, he, he's doing all right. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I, I read uh, yeah. I read Difficult Women by Roxane Gay. 
And prior to this book, I'd only ever read some of her nonfiction essays. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with her or not. I think everybody is at this point. She's just such a force. Yeah, she's great. Um, She is an author, essayist, uh, and just like a general badass. She's all over Twitter, so just look her up one day. Um, But Difficult Women is a book that she put out in the beginning of this year. To be fair, I don't actually know if it was published in 2017. I think it was, but it may have been late 2016. And no, that's not true. It was February of 2017. But in any case, it's a book of short stories. I'd never read her fiction before, and it is by far her best work. I, I've lent this book to 10 people at this point. I actually, similar to you in the Dark Tower series, have left one of the essays in the book unread so that I can go back in the future. And Yeah, just to have something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I should just go and do it because at this point, like, why not? But you know, whatever. It, it, it was great. I recommend everybody pick it up. I also read The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead, uh, which was... That's a list. Yeah, it was... Uh, I've never read him before either. And it, it was great. It was. It won the National Book Award this year. It won all the other awards this year. Uh, you've probably heard of it. It is a really incredible book with like a little bit of like a mystical side to it. And I... I don't really even know how to describe it, but I hope that we have an excuse to talk more about his work later on in the series. Um, I also read a ton of comics this year, the saga trilogy, everything that Adrian Tomine has ever written. Uh, some, some new stuff from Brian K Vaughn. That was not the saga trilogy. Uh, all the walking dead comics. I'm caught up from day one, which is a lot of comics. It's like 10,000 pages <laughs> of comics. Um, it really is so many comics. Yeah, it's uh, it's, but it is a treat. You know, I, I'm shocked at how much I enjoy it. Whenever a new volume comes out, I sit on my couch, no matter what I'm doing or how busy I am, and I just read it in one sitting. Uh, it, it's it's phenomenal. I, I recommend that to anybody if you're a fan of zombie comics. Um, I also have, have very recently started reading a book that's published. Uh, Actually, today, as we record it, congratulations to the author, Chloe Benjamin. It's called The Immortalists. Uh, we're trying to get her on the show. I don't know if it'll happen or not. But this book we is... We got the book, which I'm pretty excited about. The book is so good. I, I read it just like in... So it, for context, we... Publishers mail us a lot of books. I have a pile of books on my floor of stuff that I just like haven't touched because there's just so many of them that come. We get between five and ten a week sometimes, sometimes less. Um I, I moved. I moved recently, and I have three boxes that are still filled with books that I mostly haven't read from publishers. Yeah, and it, so keep sending them publishers. We we read them as much as we can, and we have uh, a few a few books that like just kind of catch your eye. Sometimes you know that they're special. Uh, sometimes it's because the publisher will put like a note in there saying like, "Hey, you have to read this." Sometimes it's an author you recognize. Sometimes there's a blurb on there. Uh, which is shocking because I never thought blurbs actually worked when I was working in the publishing industry, but they do. And so in any case, uh, I picked up this one actually because of a blurb from a former guest on the show, Nathan Hill. Uh, and he said, I don't remember what the blurb was, but it was very flattering for this book. And I read half of it in one sitting. Uh, in the other half, I'm, you know, I've completed it. It is amazing. Everybody should pick it up. Um, it's not really a 2017 book though. So Let's put that in the future phase of 2018 books. <laughs> and I will say, just in the vein of you know going back to books that you love, uh, I have 
like kind of a bad habit of reading like one or two Juno Diaz short stories every few months. Um, so I've been going back and digging into. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that necessarily qualifies as a bad habit. I, it is for me because I have so many of these books from publishers that I haven't read yet. And but I, I go back and you know anything from this is how you lose her or drown especially I love drown more than anything he's ever written and I'm also super excited for whenever he, he I don't know if you knew this Kyle but he is writing like a uh, post apocalyptic sci fi story and he published one of the chapters of it in the New Yorker like three years ago it's called. Um, it has such an awesome name and I don't remember what it is offhand, but I can't wait till that comes out. So I, I, I actually reread that recently too. Yeah. I think, uh, just based on the, the, I say, I think the love and fandom he's shown for Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien world, I have faith that whatever he turns out in that genre will be incredible. Yeah. I think it's going to be an amazing read. You know what comes? You know what's been coming back to me recently, like one book that I've been thinking about that we read for the show. Um, there's actually a 2016 book. It's Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Dandler. I think like I love food and I love eating and I love cooking, and parts of that book come back to me probably more often than a lot of the stuff that we've read. Yeah, no, it's the- fu- it's yeah. funny. We're we're gonna hit on that in a minute, but uh, Sweet Bitter is being turned into a TV show by Showtime. And it has already actually, uh, I think, wrapped its filming. So I don't, it's probably coming out soon. But I can't wait because, I mean, I, I was watching uh, Stephanie Dandler's Snapchat and Instagram stories um, while they were like doing all the recording. And it looks awesome. There's a bunch of up and comers that are going to play all the characters in the I book. I think I realized that it was going to be a show. Yeah, I don't know if it had been announced when we interviewed her. Uh, it all went like really quickly, like within a year of our interview, this thing is already shot. So do you think it, do you think it was us? It probably was us. To be honest. <laughs> do you think it was the show? And they were like, we got to make, uh, do you think there's going to be a scene in the, in the show where she gets interviewed, interviewed by two idiots on Skype? Probably. But if you remember the book, it's not actually about her. It's just loosely based off of experience that she had in life. Um, <laughs> Which, hey, <laughs> no, but it's uh, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. I, I think it's going to be a great show, and it's funny that you mention it because uh, I don't want to say any names because as we experience this week, we never know if our interviews are going to go through. But uh, the book that we're um, in theory going to be doing our interview for next week reminds me a lot of of stephanie dandler's sweet bitter and how food influenced the protagonist yes. in the story um the book that we are reading right now can i mean should we talk about it can we talk about it i, I let's just wait because in theory it's coming out in two weeks and people can just hear it <laughs> okay so i i just um, don't want to be in the position that we're in now where we end up with a dud of an episode and and to be clear it wasn't the guest it was the audio quality and we we're going to re-record with said guest I think what I really wanted to say was just that I want to do more books about food. Okay. Well, we got one for, for two the, weeks from now. Yeah. I, if like a quarter of the books that we do could be about food and cooking food or people who make food for a living, that would be cool with me. Deal. And Bourdain, I, if you're listening. Oh, speaking of, I, I gotten in. I'll tell you about it off, off the interview. 
Introducing Simply Light Lemonade. Can you hear that? That's the sweet sound of 75% less sugar and calories. We want to make sure you hear it's 75% less sugar and calories because it tastes so good. Um, I, I think we oh, should... Oh, that was another book. Yeah. That was another book that I read this year that stuck out. That was a, a very nice surprise. It was uh, Kitchen Confidential. You read that? Yeah, I read it. I'd never read it before or any of his writing for that matter, but we went on vacation. I took uh, my fiance, took a copy with us, and it ended up on the desk. So I picked it up and I didn't put it down until I was done. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's a, is it? I know it's not... Uh... Is it a novel? It reads like one, but it's it's, it's nonfiction, right? It's, it's about, described, it's, yeah. It's described as nonfiction. Okay, yeah, it's so interesting. I I don't know about you, Kyle, but I worked in restaurants for years and years, and uh, you know, my girlfriend actually works in a restaurant now, and like the stories that come out of there are, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. They're just like very real, and you know, for me, it's like nostalgic. And, you know, part of you knows that like some of the stuff that goes on in restaurants, like is very waiting esque and shouldn't be happening. But at the other hand, you're just like, that's just real life, you know? Yeah. It's as someone who has also worked in restaurants and even restaurants with you, I think a lot of it rings true. And some of it's certain, you know, because it's, it takes place in New York. A lot of it is, uh, heightened from what you and I experienced, although you did actually work in a restaurant in New York for some time. So you got that going on me. I do. I do. Uh, I think we should skip books that we're looking forward to in 2018, mostly because I haven't done like enough research to make it worthwhile. Uh, Basically you should pay attention to all of the authors who have been on our show because there are a couple books that are coming out this year and I will mention them shortly. Uh, And you should also just look at some of these great websites out there that do these roundups like Book Riot or Lit Hub or The Millions or Electric Lit uh, or really any website in the world at this point is just filling it with lists of things to try and get clicks. And most of them have pretty good taste because most of them are pulling these lists from the same places. Um, so there's, it's pretty easy to find like really great books out there that uh, you would enjoy. Um, but Maybe we should just keep a running list of the things that we're reading, because we do get the best of the best from like uh, publisher offerings when they send us lists of things that they're releasing. Yeah, and we do a lot of extra reading of people that we don't interview. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to do whatever. I, I have a, a Goodreads list that people can follow. Uh, I'll take pictures. Maybe we should make book. a show Goodreads. So, how about if you tweet to us if we get. 10 people to tweet to us, then we'll make that list. I'm, I'm just ultimately protecting <laughs> myself because I know it won't happen. The bar is low, friends. Yeah. But movies coming out in 2018 based formerly on books. What do you got? Um, I just read A Wrinkle in Time, which was a Christmas gift, actually, because the movie adaptation stars Oprah and looks wonderful. And right up my alley because it's like sci-fi somewhat time and space travel-ish. Uh, but I read the book and it was very different from what I was expecting. 
It's the weirdest book in the world. I used to love it when I was in like fifth grade. I mean, I still really enjoy it, but it is like the weirdest book ever. And for anybody who doesn't know what it is, there's a really great podcast called Overdue. And uh, these two guys out of Philly will each take turns reading books that you really should have read when you were in high school or middle school or something. And one of them will interview the other about that book. And they did a really amazing uh, one on Madeline Langle's A Wrinkle in Time a few months ago. So you should go check that out. Um, but what what were you saying, Kyle? It just got really super religious at the end, which kind of came out of left field for me. Maybe if you're more in tune with uh, religious metaphors. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think that like it's still like the weirdest thing in the world. It went from being somewhat subtle to rather overt in a very strange way. And I was not ready for it, um, especially because I thought it was a book for children. But I guess it makes sense in retrospect. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing that I have read as a child. Uh, we also have Horse Soldiers coming out in like a week. I don't know if you uh, or well, I guess it's called 12 Strong now. I don't know if you all have seen it. But it's uh, Chris Hemsworth, Michael Shannon, Michael Pena starring, uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer film. Looks great. Uh, Happens to be based on a book written by a former guest, Doug Stanton. I think that you will all really enjoy it. It's getting like the full Hollywood treatment. It looks great. Like I I, I mean it. I'm not even just saying that because Doug was a guest. I can't wait to see it. Um, It is a very particular kind of movie. So if you don't like, you know, blockbuster war movies, then you might not want to see this one. But I am pretty stoked. And that is based off of a book which was published in 2010 and has just hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. So congratulations, Doug. That's a huge deal. Uh, I mean, it had been on the list prior back in 2010. But I mean, to be off the list for seven, eight years and then get back on it. That's huge. Congrats. I just can't, I, I still don't understand why they changed the name from Horse Soldiers to 12 Strong. There's like a really, I, I, no, I can't, I can't really get into it, but there, there is a reason I disagree with it, but Horse it, Soldiers is so good. It, it exists. Um, there is, uh, one book that every time this conversation comes about is talked about and it is Ready Player One from Ernest Klein. Kyle, did you read it? Uh, of course I read it. Um, I actually got the second book from Ernest Klein, which is Armada, Armada as a Christmas gift as well. Um, but I love Ready Player One. Did I know you read, it took did a you read Armada flack. yet? I haven't read Armada yet. I haven't started it. You should skip it. <laughs> It'll ruin everything for you. You know what, though? Post-release, Ready Player One took a lot of shit when people realized it was being made into a movie, there was a lot of uh, stop clicking. A lot of stuff. I can't. I click compulsively. There was a lot of uh, flack. I don't even know. People hated on the writing, which I thought uh, was. Wait, are we entertaining. talking about Ready Player One? Yeah. Oh, was- there was a big internet uh, conundrum, conspiracy. I don't know. I, I I thought this book was. I mean, I don't even know if the writing was good or not. I read it so long ago. It's like three, four years. But it's like one of the most compelling stories that I have read in years. And I literally couldn't put it down. I remember I was in the middle of a party at my friend's cabin. And 
uh, I mean, it wasn't like a, a real party. It was kind of like a everybody relax, like drink beer, watch football party. But I read this book sitting in an armchair and it, like literally had somebody like throw a beer can at me to make fun of me. But it was it was so good. I don't regret it. And this movie could be awful. I will see it and I will enjoy it. It's Spielberg, though, so it can't be that bad. Even his worst effort is still relatively watchable. It's so funny to me because he they were really worried when that film got optioned because there were so many like storylines and copyright things from the eighties that people were worried that they wouldn't be able to get the rights to everything in there. And then Spielberg sat on and he's the one that made half the stuff in the book. So, I mean, you really couldn't have found found a better match. Yeah. That was a concern. I never really figured would be a problem because Hollywood is so preoccupied with remaking old things. Why not mash them all into something new? Yeah, that's a good point. It's funny too yeah. because they uh, there's a publicity campaign for the paperback version of that book where Ernest Klein actually put an Easter egg in the pages of the paperback, and whoever found it would get a DeLorean. What? Yeah, I didn't I, know about that. Yeah, I thought it was the funniest thing. I didn't even bother. I never never tried, but I thought it did. Was, someone win it? I think so. And and the the best part about it was that after he ran the competition. He revealed that he actually owned two DeLoreans so that he could keep driving it. <laughs> like King Nerd right there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the next three um, film to or book to film adaptations are Jeff Vandermeer's Annihilation. Um, Which I haven't read, but would like to. I, same. I'm in the same boat. There is uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And I unfortunately did not write down the author's name, but she is great. Uh, in Bel Canto. Let me Google it. Very simple. Got it. Okay. And Bel Canto is Ann Patchett. So I don't really have much to say about those, except all three of those books have been sitting on my shelf for a year, and I have every intention of reading them, um, and will probably go see the movies instead now. So uh, that is very cool and exciting. Um, to wrap it up. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I was going to say, send me one of those books. I would love to read them. Yeah, absolutely. Just mail it. Yeah. I, easy. I can do that. I mean, I'm already mailing all of the rest of your stuff. Um, <laughs> it's what happens when you move to LA. Uh, but hey. then we, we also have, uh, some random updates from like a very, various sampling of all of our guests from the past. Um, so we we can't reflect all of them because there's like more than 50 at this point and it would take another half an hour. But I will do my best to do like a rapid fire roundup. And Kyle, you don't mind if I just go through the whole thing, do you? Let's alternate. I want to read some. Okay. Uh, so Matt Gallagher is working on a new book. I, I don't know what Sorry. I, oh. I don't know what I can are we, say. Are we just going to do single line reads? I mean, if you want, I was just going to say, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. The book is like about superheroes, so I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much she actually wants you to say about that. Um, Lori Frankel's got a new book called Which Brings Me to You. No, 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 and it was excellent. No, no, no you, you messed that up. Um, her first book was... Uh, you just The one that we read, This Is How It Always Is. No, this is how it always is. Is the new book, ah, that that was the the book about her her kid, the fictionalized okay. version. Anyway, 
Uh, Lori Frankel's most recent book came out. It had not been released when we did that initial interview. Uh, it is mm-hmm. called um, This Is How It Always Is, and it's amazing, and everybody should pick it up. It did really well. So, it, you know, it was critically acclaimed by critics that were not Kyle and I. Are we critics? Do we count? I don't I, think we count. I think we do. We, we Does this episode qualify us as critics? Yeah, we're speaking critically about a bunch of books. All right, you just go through the next ones. No, you go. Rattle them off. Rattle them off. Okay. Rattle them off. I don't mean to to monopolize this. It's just all in like my shorthand notes and stuff. It's what you it's what you always do, Jeff. I know it is. Uh, Lev Grossman is working on a new book in Australia, of all places. He's left Time Magazine. Uh, the Magicians is about to come back for season three on Sci-Fi and is turned into a huge hit. Bajan Steven who was working at the new Republic when we interviewed him has left and he had gone to vice as of all things, a uh, on air anchor. And he, he did great with it. Uh, he's left and now is writing for a bunch of other magazines as a freelance writer. Uh, Kevin Wynn is now a culture editor at GQ. Jason diamond is at Rolling Stone. Aaron Edwards is at the outline. And for anybody who's not like a huge fan of the show and is listening to this for the first time, a, I'm sorry, B, uh, all of these people have new jobs, which is why I'm announcing them. Um, there's a lot of uh, turnover in, in the good sense in the media industry because it, it allows everybody to like develop new skills, work for new outlets, get their voice under them. Uh, Tim Urban is launching a podcast. I don't know what it's called, but probably something to do with Wait But Why. Uh, Mark Manson had an incredibly massively best-selling book. His episode that we recorded is still far and above the most popular thing that we've ever done on this show. Can't really explain it. Uh, his book, I can't find the the chart, but uh, Amazon initiated like their own version of the New York Times bestseller list. And his book was the number one nonfiction seller for a crazy amount of time. Like he probably made so much money from this book. And we got like a really, what I thought was a really great interview with them. You should go back and listen if you haven't. And this applies to everybody that I'm mentioning now. Uh, Stephanie Dandler, as we mentioned before, sold Sweet Bitter to Showtime and it is, has just com- completed its filming. Dana Schwartz is now uh, at Entertainment Weekly. And if you're not following her on Twitter, you need to because she's literally like makes the news every day because of like how brilliant her tweets are. Uh, Lillian Cunningham, which we touched on two weeks ago on a rerun that we ran, has finally launched season two of Presidential, which was called Constitutional. It's even more brilliant than Presidential. Corinne Fisher was a guest in the show, and her and her uh, podcast partner in crime, Christina Hutchinson, have released their book, Fucked. Uh, You should pick that up. Um, I have a few friends that have already read it. They really enjoyed it. Uh, and I always approve of podcasters going to publishing. Uh, Aaron Lammer has launched another podcast. If you'll recall, he was the host of Longform and of Stoner and was in Francis and the Lights. Uh, he just launched another podcast today called Coin Talk, all about cryptocurrency. And uh, you should check that out if you're into gambling on the internet. Um, and he... And Francis and the Lights actually uh, helped write a song that became the theme song of the Kardashians TV show. Very random and cool. Uh, I hope you got rich off that. Uh, Previous guest Dave Weigel was called out on Twitter by the President of the United States for lying about the size of a crowd at one of his rallies. President Trump actually asked him on Twitter to be fired from the Washington Post. 
So there is that. I think we're famous by association. Uh, the McElroys are still the McElroys, and I'm still waiting for the newest episode of the McElroy Brothers will be in Trolls 2, which I am convinced is the best marketing gimmick of all time for Pixar. Uh, we mentioned Doug Stanton's new book, Fourth uh, Soldiers, and now 12 Strong is coming out in on January 19th on the big screen, and Horse Soldiers has hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Elliot Ackerman, unfortunately, did not win the National Book Award, but he was still nominated and shortlisted, and everybody should check out his book, Dark at the Crossing. And the Star Wars movie was great. If you didn't listen to our episode, you should do that and then go see the film. So That was a block of text in audio form. How did I do? It sounded exactly like it looked on the page, if that helps at all. <laughs> okay. It's not necessarily an endorsement. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that we have come to that conclusion. Well, do you want to do? Well, anyways, do you want to do the outro? That's the. I was going to say. I think that's the. That's the wrap. That's uh. That's it for us on 2017. We can officially call it closed, and it only took us nine extra days, which is way shorter than it's going to take me to do my taxes for that very same year. I am so so upset with, with whenever anybody mentions taxes now that we're actually adults. And it's not just like, oh, yeah. you know, lying about your returns from like restaurant tips. It's not going to be fun. No. And it's going to get worse. Yeah. Every year it does. Whatever, though. Let's just, get, ri- let's Goodbye. just get rich enough that we don't have to pay them. That's the plan. Uh, I, I got a bunch of Bitcoin stashed. I have no Bitcoin whatsoever. I wish I did. I do. Uh, anyway, this has been a production of the Poglomerate. This is Writers Who Don't Write. I'm Jeff. And I was Kyle. <laughs> you can find us online at thepodglomerate.com slash writers you don't write or at www.podcast.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The music that you heard at the top and the bottom of the hour is from Ryan Dan of Holland Patent Public Library. You can check him out online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. You can also find the uh, random ad music in the middle of the show from... Uh, Ben Sound at bensound.com. We want to thank all of the guests that have been on the show for the last several years, including the ones that weren't able to air, like the one that we recorded for this week. We hope that you join us in 2018. It should be a spectacular year, and we plan on bringing you another 25, 26 guests that uh, hopefully you love and pick up their books. And thank you so much. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Podglomerate, a sonic universe.